And welcome to From the Hawk's Nest. I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and today my guest is Dr. Sarah Vortreed Patton. Sarah is QU's new provost and vice president for academic affairs and will also serve as professor of biology. Sarah has 30 years of experience in higher education, ranging from serving as an instructor to serving as the founding dean of the School of Natural Sciences and Mathematics Mathematics at Columbia College in Columbia, Missouri. Her work has included management and professional development of faculty and staff, assessment and coordination of academic departments, strategic planning, budget management, accreditation and assessment reviews, and oversight of recruiting, marketing, and advising. Quite the credential list. Sarah, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Matt. Well, before we talk about your work at QU, let's talk about your career path that led you here, um, maybe starting with your education and the different degrees that you earned. Sure. Um, I went to McKendree, now university, was college in Lebanon, Illinois, and um, got a Bachelor of Arts in Biology there, Um, kind of uh, through an honors English class, actually, found my next path. And uh, we talked about environmental science, and if you weren't part of the solution, you were part of the problem. So I decided to go and study that further, and I got a Master's of Environmental Science at Southern Illinois University at Edwardsville. Um, From there, I was working in a quality control lab, and that's another great job for scientists because every place that makes things needs to test things. Absolutely. Uh, From there, I applied to other jobs and um, PhD programs and thought fate would take its course, and as it did, um, I got a fellowship, the Claire Boothloose Fellowship for Women in Science, to attend St. Louis University and um, earn my PhD in biology. And uh, then my first teaching job, I'm going to date myself a little bit more besides (laughs) the 30 years in the industry, but... um, I saw an ad um, mimeographed on a bulletin board um, for an instructor position at University of Missouri, Kansas City. Um, So I I went there, and I was a biology instructor there for two years, academic advisor, and decided to get another degree while I was there. And I pursued an education specialist certificate in higher ed administration and never kind of charted out that down the road I would make a lot of use out of that degree. Absolutely. (laughs) So in addition to all the higher ed work you've done, and and of course, we didn't talk about it, but most recently at Columbia College, Mm -hmm. um, you've also worked as a medical entomologist. That's correct. With the U.S. Army Reserves. That's very intriguing. Tell us about that. Right. And that um, kind of the seeds for that were laid at professional conference that I I went to as a graduate student because um, a lot of the entomologists were either had worked for Department of Defense or one of the service branches. Um, I knew that I wanted to teach at a primarily teaching institution, so um, in order to kind of stay relevant with the application and or research in entomology, which is the study of insects, I uh, decided to make a phone call. And um, actually, I called the Navy first, and they didn't return my call, so the (laughs) Army got back to me, (laughs) and uh, they were thrilled to have an entomologist. Um, and uh, so I did that for eight years. What we really do um, is protect uh, troops and civilians from disease and um, non-battle injuries. It's more or less like a traveling health department, so clean water, clean food, um, hearing protection, but then the entomology part plays into mainly mosquitoes, sandflies, ticks, things that would um, transmit diseases, especially in disturbed environments. I know that... um You've spent a number of years with the Army, and, and you've kind of risen through the ranks. Walk us, walk us through that. I went in as what they call a butter bar, so a brand-new um, second lieutenant um, off, the, off the civilian streets. 
and um, then I was uh, promoted to first lieutenant and I ended as captain. I also had the opportunity to command a small preventive medicine unit. Um, got to do a lot of things that I never thought I'd do. Um, relearned how to drive stick. I was glad I had had that experience. <laughs> um, I was in a, on a manual transmission in a car because it was on a two and a half ton truck with a trailer. Um, and then um, also qualified with a M16 and nine millimeter. So things, uh, again, never thought you'd do, but you do. <laughs> and you never know, those might come in handy at QU. <laughs> <laughs> you know, day to day, you never know. <laughs> And along the way, I know that you've had um, some challenges and some and successes. Um, what are some of those maybe greatest challenges and successes you've had? Oh, wow. Um, a lot of it. I don't even know if I can think of a specific one, just in general. And it's, um, you know, the, the case, and it's kind of probably the more the case after COVID, but is... Um, staffing and assembling the right team. Um, and then as you're growing in enrollments, that's fantastic. We need to get more teachers in the classrooms. Um, and then as we're adding new programs um, in very key areas, and then there's demands in the workplace for those same individuals to um, apply their trade, whether it's physical therapy, occupational therapy, aviation, um, and we have to try to entice them to um, share that with our students um, in an academic um, setting. But um, I love those relationships and negotiations and um, then seeing how people really catch on if they've never taught before. Um, and some, some of them that, are, that know what it's like and they're not so surprised, but the people that haven't taught before and uh, realize what an effect it can have on you. Um, and then, then we've got them from there. Well, what keeps you motivated to stay working in academics? Um, the, uh, the effect, and I think that is an interesting way, the effect you can have on other people, um, to kind of overview that my career too is, yes, I miss the classroom, and I might actually be able to teach a science class or two coming up after I get you know, my, my feet on the ground in my current position, um, but uh, it was that I could affect the students in my classroom then. When I went on into administration, into the dean's role, um, that I can affect all my faculty's um, students. So I, by enabling them and resourcing the faculty, I could allow them to do their best work. And then as you move up the chain, that, that umbrella just gets larger and broader. And um, that I really love. Um, and when you can actually, you know, a student comes back and tells you what they've done or, um, you know, um, just you've made a difference in a faculty member's life. Um, that's just amazing to me. And I, I just, I tell people, you know, when they give me that kind of feedback, you're just encouraging me to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. I, I mean, I can see how this role would, you know, obviously you're impacting everything we do here at QU academically. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot. Yes. And I, um, that's primarily why I sought out an institution like QU was um, for the servant leader perspective um, that is very important to me and that it's featured and shared here um, is uh, really allows us to play on each other and and capitalize um, and, and move forward again together much much faster than we could on our own well let's take a brief break and when we come back we're going to talk more with sarah about her work at qu and her transition to quincy stay with us you're listening to from the hawk's nest we know that choosing where to take the next step is hard at Quincy University, we help you design a personalized visit that answers your most pressing questions. 
tour campus, visit one-on-one -on -one with expert faculty and staff, meet with coaches, enjoy lunch in our main dining room, and learn more about the value of a Quincy University education. Visit quincy.edu and start planning your success at Quincy University. And welcome back to From the Hawk's Nest. I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and today we're talking with Dr. Sarah Vortreet-Patton. She's QU's new provost and vice president for academic affairs. And Sarah, let's discuss what led you to even pursuing this opportunity at QU. This is your first, first job as a provost slash a VP for academic affairs. That is correct. Um, I had been a dean in two different places um, for a total of a decade, um, so, you know, not that you have that down because every day is different, just like in this job too. But um, I was, uh, I like to step-by-step -step prepare myself and I had been to some conferences and done a lot of reading and, and um, you know, you have to go to grow sometimes and, and step out and take that chance. Um, the type of institution is um, very much like what I've been associated with throughout my career. Um, I, um, before Columbia College, I taught at St. Ambrose University for um, 15 years, um, and it also reminds me of some of the institutions, both religiously affiliated and just the size of, of places that I had studied as a student. Um, so again, I, I talked about the effect you can have on others before the break, and I think you can magnify that and really see that in a place this size, and that was really attractive to me. Well, we certainly are glad that that worked out and that you're here with us now. Um, you assumed the role on July 1st, so you, it's just been a few few months, although it seems like a lot longer, I, to me at least. I'm sure to you, maybe two on some days. Um, but in these first few months, what are some of the char characteristics of QU that, that have stood out to you? Right, and I, and I joke too about my start date that... Um, the 90-day money-back guarantee has almost <laughs> expired, uh -oh. so we're real close to that. Nice I should have probably waited till right after I said that. <laughs> but um, it really that started from the time I applied, and my family came here to kind of check out the area and just kind of see, you know, if I wanted to um, pursue that and go further. Um, that was over last uh, Christmas time. And immediately when I stepped onto campus, even though, there, you know, nobody was really around at that time on a weekend in December, but... Um, uh, it, it's still this, you could still um, sense the community and the spirit here. Um, Penny Lane, uh, what, what stood out to me, um, just uh, a lot of the publications, that even that we ran into at our Airbnb that talked about the Polis program. And um, every place that we'd go, we try to, I plan trips, um, like I plan my life. And, and uh, <laughs> we, so we go to as many things as possible in two and a half days. Um, and uh, when I'd mentioned, you know, why are you coming here? Well, to work at QU or to interview at QU at that point in time. And um, people were like, oh, you know, this sports team had come and polished the silver at the John Wood House uh, on a service day. And, and everybody had, you know, my relative, whatever their relative was, you know, went to QU or just even people that um, didn't have a direct affiliation just had the institution in such high regard. And um, you might get used to that here, mm -hmm. but that's not the case everywhere. And that really stood out to me that the community and the, and the university are um, really a team. Wow. That's neat. Mm -hmm. um, talk about the role, the provost role, um, and that's a, a newer title. We've, you, I think, used it years ago, but it, we're using it again. Um, and the vice president's role for academic affairs. What does that all include? 
Sure, and that that does blend a lot. The provost piece, I think, points out the um, tie to the faculty, that I do also have a faculty appointment as professor of biology, um, and then th- that's kind of the, the um, traditional role as head of faculty. So honestly, I mean, this is uh, this cabinet position, uh, this vice president of, of academic affairs, it um, is encompass- encompasses quite a bit, but um, that is the administrative part of it, and I think then the faculty part married together with the provost. Um, but we're, um, I oversee the, the library, the registrar's office, um, the um, uh, a success center. Um, there's just, you know, a, a lot of pieces that play into supporting graduate um, um, student office as well. So there's a lot of pieces that um, go into the academic experience that we want to provide to students here at QU. We're sure that your to-do list is extensive. Matter of fact, I know it is. <laughs> I have more than one. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, and I know I know uh, President McGee and several other people handed you some to-do list when you came. Um, what are your goals for this first year? Um, I, I referred to it a little bit before, but um, definitely hiring. We did a lot of hiring last year, um, planned for uh, um, even more than that for the coming year. Um, the other piece uh, or other pieces is bringing new programs online. Um, and that can be dealing with um, professional accreditors. There's uh, even two years out. There's a, a lot of deadlines you have to meet, and and um, they kind of prescribe what's to be done so that you can stay on track to um, you know welcome that those first classes. Um, it even involves um, overseeing some um, facilities uh, uh, remodeling and that kind of thing, so to make the spaces that will accommodate those programs. Um, we also have a HLC visit, the Higher Learning Commission that accredits the whole institution, not, not just specific programs. Um, we'll be coming in November, and so we've um, been doing a lot of writing and editing for the paperwork and documents that we need to submit to them in advance of our visit to stay in good standing. And, you know, you, you mentioned new programs. Um, we've already obviously announced engineering um, is something that we're um, – taking a leap into starting with at QU with both mechanical and electrical, but we're also looking at some other, other things too, that'll come down the pike. And so I know that's, that's really exciting. Anything you want to share on that front? Right. And I think um, we're on, in progress. We've already hired our uh, program director for the doctor of physical therapy program. So that was a, a recent hire September 1st. And so we've, we're partnering together like I said, in, in all the things that need to be put in place to make those programs a reality um, in January of 2026 is, is the goal at this point. Um, and then we'll be um, on the heels of that, starting at the same time, but the uh, a little bit different deadlines. Um, in the spring, um, we'll um, be hiring. We'll start looking in the fall for a, a program director for occupational therapy as well. It's, um, I think a lot of times people don't understand, I didn't understand until we got into this, that some of these programs require years of planning and, and applications. And um, sure, if you started a, a new major in um, the business program, it may not be as much, but when you're doing something involving uh, the, 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 the uh, professional sciences or with the engineering, those things require certain accreditations and setups and um, applications ahead of time. 
That's right. And, um, and, and like you say, when we offer like another bachelor's degree, since we have a lot of them and we, everybody trusts us to know the drill, um, that's less of a lift um, in some cases then um, now we're going into the doctoral realm. So while we have five graduate degrees now, they're all at the master's level. So we're moving up to a new level. Um, and then also when you're um, putting out people that have to take professional licensing exams, there's uh, a lot of other regulatory bodies that you have to coordinate with. Yeah. Lots of paperwork. Uh, yes, <laughs> and it's weird, but I kind of geek out on it and I love it. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you do it. <laughs> Um, are there some key personal or institutional values and, or maybe some individuals that have been inspirational and encouraging to you throughout your career? Um, there's, there's been a lot of, um, individuals. Um, I think of my PhD mentor as, as one of them and, um, her name was Dr. Fear and people were kind of scared (laughs) of her, but it was spelled differently than that. Um, uh, but I was, uh, worked under her for five years and then we were lifelong friends and until her passing, but, um, she always, um, advocated nominating people. A lot of people do good work and then they don't get recognized. So, so she was always, um, everybody's, uh, cheerleader. So I really, um, learned from her and, um, there's a, a couple of, you know, other key indiv- individuals too. Um, one of the first provosts I worked for, um, the, uh, when I was assistant dean, um, the first day I walked into the dean's office, um, he said, I'm grooming you to be the next dean of the school. And I was like, wait a minute. I, you know, <laughs> I, I do things very methodically and, and I have a plan and this, I have to be in this role for like this number of years and go to this number of conferences. But, um, he helped me, I think, if he contributed something to realize that it, it's not always according to your plan and just to kind of take things as they come. Well, no doubt this was a big move for your family. Um, tell us about your family and your transition to Quincy. Excellent. Yes, um, my uh, our son is uh, 18, and he is a college freshman this year, too. So it's actually, it was very interesting for us to both start at new schools so, um, mm-hmm. together. Um, but uh, when he was leaving home in here in Quincy, uh, he was kind of joking about, I've made so many memories in this house because it had been two months. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, he does it. He's been home one weekend. We've gone to visit him, but uh, he is looking forward to coming home on break. And, and he, we all made Quincy our home pretty um, quickly. My husband's actually a truck driver, so he's out on the road quite a bit. But um, he's got his four-car garage, so he's very happy. <laughs> and uh, he's also made comments about, you know, in the future, we, we talk about retirement jobs because we don't think we'll ever retire, but, you know, what would be the yeah. next next thing you'd do later? Um, and uh, he, uh, I had talked about, I love the accreditation so much that maybe working for the one of the accreditors might be good, and, and you can do that and travel from your house. Um, so he's like, yeah, if you do that, again, I'm not going any t- yeah. anywhere anytime <laughs> soon, but he was like, if you do that, we could stay here. So I know he likes Aww. it a lot, too. He likes to, that's good. A, a good place to come back home when he's off the road. Very good. Sarah, as we, as we wrap up here, any encouragement for students or alumni um, from your seat? Wow. The, um, the one thing I always tell students when I talk at orientations or something is one word, and that's ask. Um, because, you know, if you ask anything, um, you know, ask somebody, ask your roommate to go to an event, you know, that's a new relationship. Um, ask your teacher, uh, you know, if you have a question on the um, material and that's, you know, something you learn and grow. 
um, you know, just ask somebody, you know, just kind of like we're doing today, sit down with them, maybe more informally. And, you know, you know, how did you get here? And, and then you've, you know, networked and learned from their story. Um, so that's what I would probably um, tell students. Um, other people, and it's going to sound a little cheesy maybe, but I would say, and I like small words you can remember, um, but don't lose hope. And it does, a situation doesn't have to be dire for you to lose hope. Um, sometimes uh, when you're, you know, you get busy and everybody wears different hats and there's a lot of pressure, but when you're working towards something, truly, not just, you know, I'm working toward that, but truly believe it can happen. And then that helps you visualize that. And um, when you have that hope, and that also kind of then um, bleeds over to how you view other people, like you hope to see the best in them, you hope the best for them. Um, and it really colors how you deal with others. So ask and hope. I like that. Well, Sarah, thank you for joining us today on the show. Well, thank you. And be sure to tune in next time for another episode of From the Hawk's Nest, where we talk to faculty, staff, students, QU alum, and even Franciscan friars, and learn about their QU journey. I'm Matt Bergman, and remember, it's always a great day to be a hawk. Hawk.